how snuggly Cricket is before. He's a very snuggly boy. Loves to be like right in your face. But he started um, doing a thing where anytime like Grant and I hug, he screams at us because he wants to be put in the middle of us. Oh, and it's such a funny it's the cutest annoying thing like it's like will you let us hug like this isn't this is separate from you but also oh he's God. so just like oh come on please put me put me in between you I just want to come on just <laughs> please please and like starts to get like increasingly angry also and it's just like come <laughs> on you're still doing it like uh so you know he's he's destroying our intimate lives but it's really cute um he's got like fomo he's like but you love me the most right yeah i also feel like he's kind of like i could help like (laughs) be right in there yeah like you know what this you know what this hug needs me (laughs) me right in between you just squeeze me as hard as you want i won't even complain Does he like a good smush cricket? Oh, yeah. Like, does he like a... Oh. Yeah, he loves it. Like, he just wants to be as close to you as possible without fully just, like, g- getting injured. Oh, that's so cute, <laughs> though. That's so cute. That's so... I mean, I really like, as someone who does not have a cuddly pet, yeah. I do envy that a little bit. Yeah, you know. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he—it's also the thing that he's the brattiest about in general. Like, he's not—you know—he he barks at things out like out of the window, but inside, usually he's pretty good. Except when he wants to be on your lap or somebody's lap, and like something is blocking <laughs> it, he starts—he gets really angry and starts barking yeah. at them, and is like, "Come on! Like, I'm ready. I want to jump on your lap. Why?" And like, it's confusing though because he seems mad at you, but yeah. it's because you're not letting him be closer to cut yeah, it, yeah. It's, he's like angry about how much he loves you yes yeah yeah it's very sweet that's um, really cute but yeah it's he's he's a good boy so that's that's what's going on over here how's how how's percy this week how's she's good so i think like this is where i'm like a bad cat mom and i'll hold my hands up all the advice i've ever got from anyone is that cats like routine mm-hmm I find routine really hard. Yeah. <laughs> like my sleeping pattern goes all over the shop. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll be like, and I think it's because I write mm-hmm. and my 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 work is so flexible um, that I'll sometimes I'll get up in the morning and then sometimes I'll get up later and I'll write late. And sometimes I won't feel creative until like 10 o'clock and yeah. then I'll stay up and write. And actually it probably would be better for me as well. To have an established routine but i'm not good at it no and i just it's it percy just hates it like he just hates it like and i can tell she hates it because when i get up at like eight o'clock consistently she just she's so happy she pots about she has her food she has a little play she has like an all-day nap then she'll wake up again in the evening have another little play have her food go back to sleep she's content yeah if i wake up after 10 she's stressed She's trying to get me up for ages and then she realizes it's not going to work. She gets back into bed with me as if to be like, okay, I guess if we're going to sleep, we're, we're going to sleep. But then I can tell she's like not enjoying it because she's a bit restless. Yeah. And then when I feed her, she's like, you fed me too late. It's, it's too late in the day for me to be eating. <laughs> like she just hates it. So, yeah. and to d- this week, the last week has been one of those weeks where I've been like all over the shop in my routine and she's just mad at me. Like she's just really mad at me. And she gets a little bit bitey when we're playing. Yeah. I can just tell it's because she's like, I'm out of sorts, mum, because 
you haven't been responsible and got up at the same time. So I need to establish a routine again, if not for me, but for, for the cat. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so that's that's where she's at. And I can just, I feel judged by her. I think that's what it is as well. Like when I'm sleeping in late and she's looking at me like, <laughs> like I'm, what are you doing? We're done with this. Yeah. 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 Um, and I don't know, like, because cats are crepuscular, so they're like, active at dawn and active at dusk and now dawn is earlier yeah. than it was yeah. <laughs> so she's starting to be really annoying at about 5 o'clock in the morning when it starts to get light and that's the one benefit of winter like she wakes up with the light and when it doesn't get light until like 8 that's perfect yeah. <laughs> whereas now she starts to sort of wake up around yeah 5, 6 and it's like we, we play now no? no? <laughs> no not yet okay um, um... So really, actually, the, the out of the routine thing is her fault because she wakes me up at five and then I end up accidentally sleeping in later than I should. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I guess speaking of things you should and shouldn't do, uh, it is the second week of the Maximum Fun Drive. And was that a good segue? Uh, it was so good. That was excellent. <laughs> I'm so impressed. Thanks. Uh, it's always good to also call out your own segues to make sure people yeah. heard. But it is the second week of the Maximum Fun Drive. And in fact, the tomorrow, when this comes out, March 31st is the last day um, of the drive. So if you've been thinking about it or you were waiting to 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 tease us for some reason, um, and I get that, you know, play a little hard to get. We're cat people, too. Um, yeah, make us work for it. We understand. <laughs> yeah. Um, this is a really good time to do it because you got two days. Uh, and to do that, you go to MaximumFun.org slash join. If you're confused, um, the Maximum Fun Drive is the one time of the year where we uh, ask our listeners to support the show. Um, and the you get some incredible perks for just $5 a month. You get all of the BOCO for every single show on the network. Um, and they go up from there. BOCO means bonus content in podcast speak. Oh, just, yeah. Just so you guys know. Oh, yeah. I've been hearing a lot about BOCO recently. And I was like, oh, my God, like, I'm an official podcaster now. Cause, yeah. Because I know what BOCO, BOCO. means. BOCO. Yeah, it's our bonus content. You get a ton of it for only $5. Um, and also, thank you to everyone who has already joined or boosted your membership. It's so cool. And I'm really grateful for all of our listeners. Yeah. And uh, we'll tell you more about it later. But. I also want to introduce our guest um, for this episode who also has a Maximum Fun podcast and we had her co-host on for our very first ever episode and now uh, we have uh, Emily Heller here who is the co-host of Baby Geniuses and she's rearing butterflies and we talk a lot it's, about that. It's amazing. I learned so, so much. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So uh, buckle up because this is a really cool episode <laughs> okay everyone we have emily heller here the co-host of baby geniuses comedian and also a fellow max fun uh, podcast mm, have host her? host <laughs> well, i already said host i can't say host yeah. twice but i did uh thank you so much for being here <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for having me. <laughs> Happy Max Fun Drive, everybody. Happy Max Fun Drive. Um, Emily has a dog, and we need to hear about that because right before we started talking about this, um, she mentioned that she's rearing monarch butterflies. 
So we kind of need to get the dog stuff out of the way so that I can ask you 1,000 questions about butterflies. Yes. Yeah. Fair. Cool. Fair. Okay. Yes. Let's talk about my perfect little boy, Alan. Yes. <laughs> Such a good name. Really good. Top it's a pretty good name. Yeah. Um, it, really, it really delights people when we tell them on the street. <laughs> yes. Alan. Yeah. There, there are certain human names that, like, they're they're hard to find, but they are, like, the perfect amount of, like, yeah, you've heard that name, like you know someone named Alan, but they're actually not that common, and it makes the perfect yeah. dog name, I think. Oh, yeah, you know? that's a good point. I know a few Alans yeah. in real life, but they spell it differently. Oh. So I feel like that's fine. Yeah, is it A-L-A-N? Did I? Yes, that's how he does it. Yeah. <laughs> like he chose it. <laughs> I don't think I know a single Alan in real life. So, oh, wow. Okay, you know, good. Yeah. This is the, yours is now the only Alan yes. in my life. Yes. <laughs> Alan um, supremacy is what I'm after. <laughs> how, uh, tell us how you, how Alan came to be in your life. Um, so we had, my husband and I bought a house in, uh, like five years ago and we were like, this is great because the place we lived in before we couldn't have a dog. And now we have this like big yard with a fence and we can like get a dog. It's going to be great. We went and and like we were sort of casually like looking. We were going to a bunch of like rescue events and stuff. And then we went to this one like rescue in L.A. called Wags and Walks. I'll shout them out. Yeah. I really like the way they do things there because it's like when you get the dog, when you meet dogs at like a lot of these rescues, they're all together and they're all super like not acting like themselves, you know, because yeah. they're like with a bunch of other dogs and it's a very, you know, stimulating environment. And the way Wags and Walks does it is like before you even go there, you have to get approved to be like someone that can adopt a dog. And so you go in knowing like you're pre-approved. If you see a dog, you can get it. And what they do is they take you into like a little conference room <laughs> and then they bring dogs in one by one and you have like it, a little general meeting with them where it's like <laughs> just you and the dog in a room with some toys for 20 minutes it's very it's like i i compared it to like a hollywood general meeting my husband compared it to like being like at the doctor's office yeah. like waiting for the doctor to come in <laughs> only it's a dog <laughs> um and so we we went and we knew we wanted like a I was not sold on the idea of getting a smaller dog because I grew up with like a chocolate lab and a golden retriever and like they were big cuddly dogs and all of the small dogs I'd met had been just sort of like for lack of a better word pointy yeah <laughs> yeah sharp sure. like I wanted a dog that was like a you know like a cuddler but also sort of like meaty yes absolutely yes. stout um, sturdy <laughs> yes, a sturdy sort of cuddler, you know. Um, yeah. But uh, I also don't want to clean my counters. Mm -hmm. Yes, to prevent a dog from eating off of it. Yeah. So you know, it was a little bit, a little bit of a bind there. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, we went in. We were like, "There's two dogs we want to meet," mm -hmm. and the first one was named Stewie, and he was like really cute really energetic but he was just immediately jumped up on the table in that yeah in the room and i was like oh this dog is going to eat all of the stuff that i leave out yeah. that's not good yeah. <laughs> um and then alan came in and like he was just so chill yeah. and just so like immediately rolled over for belly rubs and he's not that pointy like he's kind of got like a big dog face yeah 
on a small dog body. Um, and uh, we were just like, oh, this dog's kind of perfect, yeah. isn't he? And so we were like, hey, could we come back and get him in a couple days? And they were like, we're not going to hold him for you. Someone else wants him. They're going to take him. Right. So if you want him, you should take him today. Wow. And we were like, oh. And like as we were, as they we watched them like walk him out, I saw another person walking in being like, oh, my God, that dog is so cute. And we were like, <gasps> I was like, oh, we got to get this dog. <laughs> um, oh, my God. And so we just kind of really impulsively got him that day. And we were like, we don't have anything. We don't have like, and they were like, we sell everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's smart. Of course they do. Yeah. Of course they do. Yeah. They know wow. what they're doing. <laughs> they're running a tight shit. They know yes, what they're doing. They really are. Um, and so it's like we bought a leash from them mm-hmm. and we, you know, bought like a crate from them. And um, and yeah, we brought him home that day. And like they're in Culver City, which is like on the other side of L.A. So it took us like a full hour and a half to get home. And like I'm driving and Alan's just like on my husband's lap and we hadn't named him yet. We spent the car ride home coming up with the name. Yeah. And so we knew that we wanted like we had kind of been joking about like having like a very boring person name mm-hmm. for the dog. So good. Yeah. And and so like his name was Alvin at the, ah. at the rescue. And we were like. But he'd only had that name for like three days, so yeah. we it wasn't like he was responding to it. We didn't need to yeah. uh, stick to the same sounds, but that is sort of where the name. We were like, Alvin is a kind of an obvious dog name because yeah. it's already like a chipmunk name. Yeah. Um, but Alan, Alan is much more of a person name. Than Absolutely. That. Yeah, it has it has middle aged man energy, which yeah. is mm-hmm. adorable. On the and dog. so does he, you know, <laughs> um, and he just like immediately imprinted on me where like even it's so <laughs> up. He's I'm sorry. He's so rude because it was just immediately I was his primary connection. Yeah. Like even as we were driving home from the rescue and he's on my husband's lap, he's trying to get at me. I don't know if it's like a a gender thing or yeah. something, but like um, he's so anxious when I leave the house, and he's generally pretty okay when my husband leaves the house. It's yeah. it's just so rude. It is it's rude. It, it is rude. It is rude. <laughs> he's such a jerk. It really feels like he sort of views my husband as a colleague. Like, they're both my husbands <laughs> or something. And, like, so when I leave, he kind of goes to my husband, like, what What are we going to do about this? Yeah. <laughs> She's gone. What's the plan? Because how do we get her back faster? Yeah, it seems like you're doing nothing about this, and that <laughs> seems sort of overly relaxed. Yeah. <laughs> I think you need to recognize that this is a crisis. Yes, like, I'm in full alert mode. You seem to be doing work. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> Um, do you know what kind of breed Alan is? Or any- So we got him DNA yes. tested last year. And I I know that the like dog breed DNA tests are kind of BS. Like yeah. they're not really based on anything. The only reason I really wanted to do it was because I was like, they tell you if you have like relatives in the yes. system. Yeah, it's really And yeah. I was like, what if we could find Alan's brother? <laughs> And they would have pictures of them as puppies. Oh, that was my dream. Really I was like, how, how old? How old was Alan when you got him? He was about three years old when we got him. Okay, and I found him on the street, but he already knew some. Like he was already housebroken, and right. he. Um, so we we know he wasn't like 
born on the street, you know, <laughs> like he ended up there. Our theory after getting to know him is that he lived with an old woman <laughs> because he loves old women and he always needs to say hi to them. Oh. He lived with an old woman who he just sat on the couch with and never went on walks. Yeah. Um, and then one day she left and he like ran out of the house to try and find her. And that's how he ended up <laughs> on the street. <laughs> um, so, uh, but he, so we got him DNA tested because I was like, I want to know what he looked like as a puppy. Yeah. What if I find out he had puppies and we didn't oh. know? Like, wouldn't that be cute? Yeah. I just wanted to know what he looked like. But so we did the DNA test and we, this whole time we thought he was like, he's definitely like part terrier, part dachshund. That mm-hmm. was our guess. Mm-hmm. And oh, can can I can I have a because in I recently have said to Alexis that I'm good at guessing dog breeds. Oh, oh yeah. Alexis, Let's can see. we Let's test your do theory. we take do you want to take a look at a picture of Alan and then yeah. we can maybe guess and then Emily can tell yeah, us if or, we're kind of close. Oh, yeah, I can hold him up. Yes. You want me to go? Oh grab my god! Him? Yes, do that yeah. instead. Okay, let me go do that instead. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. I'm so excited. I love games. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! He was just in his bed the whole time. <laughs> He was just sat there. Oh no, Emily, he's so freaking cute. He's pretty cute, right? Oh my god. He's very docile. At Look this at point. this chilled baby. He's oh very god. he's very long. <laughs> he You'll notice long. he's a very long boy. Oh my goodness. I do see where the sausage theory came yeah. from. Yes, he's got short little legs. Yeah. Um, <laughs> okay, I think I have mohawk. He's a very good boy. So I'm I'm looking at this I'm looking at this dog. Yes. And I'm saying uh I agree with the sausage theory. <laughs> I'm seeing like a little bit of shih tzu in that in that round face. Mm-hmm. Oh look. Oh my goodness. <laughs> just You're derailing so... the podcast just looking at a dog so that this will not translate. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna go sausage shih tzu schnauzer. Ooh. I have a I have a wild I think card. There's guess. something else in there as well. Yeah, I I, I think there's a Chinese crested in there. Oh, because the little because the little mohawk. Oh, <laughs> why not? Also, okay. I'm not good at it. So. There's something in there's something in these in the whiskery squareness of his face <laughs> that feels really reminiscent of something. But I can't think. So I have got to tell you, you are really good at this <laughs> because he is 27 percent Shih Tzu. Nice. And oh. I had no idea. And he has no dachshund in him at all. Apparently. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it's like Shih Tzu. Chihuahua. Mm-hmm. That's like what the oh, shortness of yeah. That's of so LA. Yes. That's yes. Like, yeah. I think every dog from LA, you have to assume there's some <laughs> Chihuahua. <laughs> chihuahua. Yeah. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Shih Tzu Chihuahua Mini Schnauzer. That's where he gets his coloring <gasps> from. And then Maltese. Um, that's the square. That's the square okay. whiskers. That's a Maltese. The square yes. whiskers and the floppy ears. That's the, the foldy ears. That's the Maltese. That's what yes. it was. Yes, okay. Maltese and then just like a little bit of a bunch of other stuff. Yeah. But basically, he's a combination of every kind of dog that doesn't have a job. Where their job <laughs> is to just sit on the couch with you. Yeah, that's, that's what true. he is. Like, he oh, takes it very seriously. Mm-hmm. Like, And, 
you know, when we we were like brought him out into the yard, we were like, yes, finally, like he's going to have so much fun out there. And he just had no idea what to do. Out there. <laughs> he was like, we go back to the couch now. So much more excited about going to the couch. The fastest he's ever run is to run to the couch. Home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I do. I kind of relate. I remember being a kid and sometimes my grandma would take me to the park, but like without a friend or anything. And so she would just sit in the car because she was old and just like, just you like go you. play, and I was like, "How? Do I, do? I don't." <laughs> it's exactly that vibe. We would like throw a ball for him, and he'd be like, "Interesting. I'm gonna roll over for her belly rub now." Yeah. You dropped your ball. <laughs> yeah. Um, we like. I also have been like watching the results to be like, does he have any relatives? And the only like relatives he has are all purebred Shih Tzus. Oh. Which make which I'm like, that's very interesting. That makes me think that one of his grandparents was like a backyard breeder Shih Tzu. Yeah, probably. Yeah. And he ended up like as like a mutt from that. But like Yeah. I I'm very curious. I'm waiting for him to have like a sibling in there. Yeah. yeah. The cousins are not, that's just not clear enough no. for me. I know. Yeah. I do love every time I get like a uh, a notification from Embark being like, you have new relatives. I'm like, oh, okay. Is who it, is it? Who yeah. is it? <laughs> I, do, I do really like it when I hear these stories and it's like, you hear about, yeah, the, the posh purebred cousins from like the, the, fancy, <laughs> the fancy part of town, you know, like... <laughs> It's true. Because I think we had someone else that was saying they'd done the test and yeah, their dog had some like posh, like, I don't know, like purebred, like oh, Alsatian wow. cousins yeah. in like Beverly Hills or something. I was like, yeah, that checks. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if he has that kind of like, you know, fancy sort of disposition, but um, <laughs> I'm dying to, to find out if he has any sort of like relatives that he would recognize if he saw them oh yeah what a weird feeling that would be also yeah (laughs) um but yeah so he's a good little boy we have to walk him with a bag on his head because (laughs) uh he won't stop eating trash so we got him we were like we had he had to have surgery because he ate like you know, I'm in L.A., so there are all these palm trees that have those, like, little orange fruits. Oh, yeah. And the pit's basically the size of an almond. And he started trying to eat those. And um, at some point on one of his walk, he ate one of those and swallowed it. We didn't realize this had happened until he got really sick and we took him to the vet and found out that he had an obstruction. And it ended up being one of those seeds. Yeah. And we had to give him surgery. And we just can't st- He's just such a scavenger. We can't stop him from doing it. So we got this, like, it's a foxtail mask. Right. It's really designed to keep foxtails out of their ears, but it also allows them to, like, it still keeps sniff. them from eating. Yeah. But they can still, like, see and smell and pant and stuff. But, like, it's basically a mesh bag yeah. that goes over his head. So he looks like I'm kidnapping him all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's really a shame because I feel like when I walk him, I want people to see how cute he is. Yeah. And really, they just think he's dangerous now. And I'm like, he's only a danger to himself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just loves snacks. It's so funny. Yeah. He's trying to eat himself to death. Oh, <laughs> That's God. what's happening. Well, because also, I don't know if this is in everybody's neighborhood, but I, for whatever reason, feel like Los Angeles has like 
the most chicken bones on the side of the road of any place oh, I've ever yeah. been. Where do they oh, come you know, from? South London has the most chicken bones. Yeah, I see them too. Everywhere, I just, I'm constantly just like, who's throwing these? Like, where, <laughs> where do they come from? They're just constantly there. And I have to be like, no. So this is a yeah. normal yeah. PSA. Please, if you're eating chicken bones, stop throwing them in the street. My dogs can't eat them. Yeah. For real. I also think, I mean, obviously this isn't the case in LA, but here I think also like, People put them in their bins and the foxes drag them out and oh. like leave them lying about. So that might be the a, issue. Yeah. So it might be like We've raccoons. Got a lot and of stuff. raccoons in my neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Raccoons and skunks. Yeah. <gasps> you have skunks. I've never seen a skunk. <laughs> oh, they are so cute, but I still scream whenever I see them because I'm <laughs> yeah, like, because... <laughs> like, I got trapped in our garage when we first moved in because, like, there was a skunk in the yard between the garage and the house. And I had to call my husband and be like, Peter, I need you to turn the light on outside so the skunk leaves. <laughs> I am trapped. <laughs> I had like opened the door to the garage and saw it and screamed and closed the door again. <laughs> what does um also like the, the whole they spray a bad they smell? Spray this, like, That's scary. like true. And I kind of like the smell, but I still don't want it like on me. For what does it smell time. like? That's what I was gonna. Like God, it kind of smells like gasoline a little bit. Like gasoline and marijuana. Yes, exactly. Like it's like a combination that of gasoline. That does not sound bad. It doesn't, yeah, it's not yeah. that bad. It's, it's just bad. really strong and yeah. really specific. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's, like yeah. every so often we'll wake up and be like, oh, there was a skunk outside yeah. at some point. And but, also it like, yeah, it doesn't come out. Like it doesn't, especially if they spray your pets, it's like they're going to smell like yeah, this yeah. forever. I remember hearing like, yeah, I'm kind of your dog, you guys talking about the dogs getting skunked. Yeah. Does the tomato juice thing work? It it's a it's a what it does is it blocks human smell receptors. <laughs> it's not getting rid of the smell. It's just blocking it from you. That's so, so funny. No and way. I'm also like Alan makes me feel afraid about it because he kind of looks like a skunk. Like to me, he <laughs> looks like someone that Pepe Le Pew would try and court. Yeah, he's like <laughs> kind of the a skunk like enough, but enough to confuse Pepe Le Pew. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. So I'm like, he's in danger. <laughs> By Pepe Le Pew rules, he is taunting the skunks yeah. with his brazen sexuality. <laughs> Gorgeous physique. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back with more from Emily Heller. But before we get back to her, I want to tell you guys a bit about what we've got for you. This Max Fun Drive. It's very yeah. exciting. It's my first Max Fun Drive. Yeah. So I'm very, very excited. <laughs> so as we mentioned last week, and as you've hopefully seen on our social media, we have some really cool gifts for you. At $5 a month, we're offering bonus content. We are so excited about our bonus content. We have yeah. an episode of Comfort Creatures with the one, the only Janet Varney, host of the JV Club podcast. Also the voice of Cora from The Legend of Cora. Yeah. Uh, she is so cool and funny and smart. And <laughs> me and Alexis both have to try really hard not to fangirl. <laughs> yeah. You guys can be the judge of whether or not we succeed. <laughs> uh, so that's really exciting. Yeah. At $10 a month, you have access to that bonus content, but you also get our official Comfort Creatures sticker. Mm -hmm. It's gorgeous. It's designed by the amazing artist Olivia Fields. It's a really cute heart shape with the slogan, Animal Trivia is my love language. Mm -hmm. So we love that. Yeah. It's also restickable, which is yes. so cool. So if you're like me 
and you've got like a bit of sticker commitment phobia, <laughs> you can just take it off, put it somewhere else, take it off that, put it somewhere else yeah. again. And it works. I tested it. So yes, it's very <laughs> exciting. So uh, that's really cool. At $20 a month, we are offering the Max Fun Culinary Kit, which we're very excited about as well, because it contains this amazing maximum flavor spice blend. Yeah. Have you tried it? It's delicious. Yeah, it's really good. It's so good. It, yeah. I tried it on fries. I was going to say chips, Ooh. but that would confuse you lot. So yeah, I'd be a... fries. I put it on my fries. <laughs> it's delicious on fries. <laughs> Can't recommend enough on fries. Yeah. You also get our Maximum Fun Family Cookbook. The cover is designed by Tom Deher. It's beautiful. It features recipes that have been thoughtfully submitted by all of your Maximum Fun favorite shows. So you've got me and Alexis's um, Shammy Dodger recipe in there. It's a delicious biscuit. It combines the prickly pear jam yeah. of Alexis's Arizona roots and the, the classic Jammy Dodger shortbread base that is so quintessentially British. You're going <laughs> to love it. It's so good for dunking in tea or coffee. Yeah. So give that a go. And if you're feeling really generous because it's the end of the month and it's payday and you feel like getting on board for $35 a month, you get all of the stuff I've just mentioned. And then you also get the Maximum Yum apron. Yes. It's so cool, this apron. Yes. It's like a kind of denim um, kind of color, dark blue denim-y color. Yeah. With Maximum Yum on it in like fun, fun <laughs> yeah. yellow and red situation with like these beautiful kind of mustard ketchup bottles it's really cute that look like they're bursting with the flavors that you are obviously <laughs> inevitably about to create yeah so that's what we've got in store yeah. for you um we are also so grateful to you because we have cleared two of our goals yeah that's what i was just gonna say yeah Which so we is, did we made it to our our we had, we're gonna do a movie watch along and we'll figure out what movie we're gonna do that too and we'll do our bonus drunk book rant, uh, which will have lots of gossip because I feel like in some way Ella's going to get in trouble uh, through Scholastic. It's not the case, but part of me is like, <laughs> this is some hot tea. Um, <laughs> yeah, I actually need to be careful that I don't spill hot book well tea because my tongue gets real loose when I'm drinking. <laughs> so um, I'm really excited. And we still have one more goal. So it would be so cool to to get there for 150 members. Um, we want to do something with you, like a game night, a call-in, um, you know, member's choice. We'll, we'll figure out what we want to do together. Um, so, yeah, keep doing that because it's really fun. And also, obviously, aside from gifts um, that you get, your money also goes to shows that are creator owned at a really awesome company maximum fun is a co-op now so like everything you it's a really good choice it's a great it's the best way you can support us um this you know a lot of work goes into making these shows and it's the only time of the year we ask for anything and you know there are you know all these cool gifts but also like even just five dollars a month is just you know it's buying us a cup of coffee uh, really, yeah. you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. as simple as that. And if you would do that in real life, like just consider it that it means a lot to us. And we're so grateful to have you listen and sharing. And everyone's support so far has been incredible. Um, and you know, we I think we both really love doing this show. And I love doing this show. Yeah. So and it is. It, I've said this before, but it is strange doing podcasting because it is just me and Alexis, and then we send out the episode into the void and we're like, I guess people like it. Yeah. So something like this is such a tangible way of saying, yeah, we actually, we 
we're enjoying being part of this community and we're enjoying yeah. listening and we we really appreciate that yeah so um yeah head over to maximumfun.org slash join and uh let's, let's see what we make together well i i gotta hear about these butterflies yes i mean it's honestly kind of a natural progression because Perfect. when our dog didn't care about the yard I was like, well, what do I do with all this grass now? Like, this is a waste of space and water. Yeah. And I was like, I have all of this land now. And right now there's just grass and it's terrible. And so I started getting into gardening. And it's it starts slow and then it really takes over your life. Yes. <laughs> um, and especially like when the pandemic hit. It was like my main outdoor thing. Yeah. It was just like gardening. And I was also worried about like food access. So I was like, I need to grow my own food, too. So sure. it really ramped up. But I started getting like I did. Los Angeles has a rebate program for getting rid of your lawn. It was at the time I did it three dollars a square foot. It's now up to five dollars a square foot. Everyone should do it. Yeah. Um, they will pay you to get rid of your lawn and replace it with waterwise landscaping. Wow. So many different reasons to get yeah. rid of your lawn in L.A. The main one being like it also helps like birds and, you know, bugs and everything like that. And um, but it also just helps us save water. And. I learned all this in the free class that they gave you, um, but I also ended up like getting sort of more into like figuring out what native plants I could plant, you know, yeah. ones from this region. And um, I was like, oh, I've heard that like butterflies, like monarch butterflies come through here. I should plant some native milkweed, which is what they what they eat and like there I saw them at this like native plant nursery I go to called the Theodore Payne Foundation and um I I don't remember which came first like me wanting to plant that just because it was like a cool native plant or me wanting to attract butterflies but I was just like oh that's just like a good thing to do with mm -hmm. your garden you know yeah it's yeah. just like a thing you can do that is helpful because monarch butterflies kind of keep going on and off the endangered species list and one of the things that I learned when I was like shopping for my seeds was uh, people plant the wrong kind of milkweed here in L.A. There's like a couple different kinds. There's like California native narrow leaf milkweed, which goes dormant in the winter, or there's tropical milkweed, which stays blooming year round. And that confuses the butterflies because they're like, oh, it's blooming. It's time for me to lay my eggs, I guess. And they're not supposed wow. to do that here in winter. And oh. It can also, because it's so get can get wet here in winter, that can also harbor like mildew and bacteria that gives them bacterial infections that like causes birth defects and like it's a whole thing. Wow. Yeah. You're only supposed you're supposed to get if you have tropical milkweed, get rid of it if you live in LA. Wow. Um and yeah. only plant the the narrow leaf milkweed. If it's orange, get rid of it. If it's pink or white, it's good to go. Oh my god, um, the, the butterfly effect. Yes, the on literal the butterfly eco, effect. The literal the butterfly effect <laughs> on the ecosystem. Yes. And it's so wild. I got so into gardening over like the last few years, but then about a year and a half ago, we decided to um, tear down our garage and do a bunch of construction on our property. And it meant that I had to get rid of my garden temporarily. And so all I could do was like, I had my porch. That was it. And I was like, what I'm going to do because we're going to redo all our landscaping. I'm going to start some narrow leaf milkweed from seeds to have it ready to plant when I'm ready to like 
start my garden up again as like landscaping plants. And it happened so fast that the caterpillars arrived. Like the plants were maybe like three inches tall when I noticed caterpillars on them. And they were. No. They just arrived. They just show up. And it was so exciting. I like lost my mind. My mom (laughs) is a big butterfly person. Like she's an artist and she used to do a ton of like butterfly paintings. She would take us to see like the monarch migrations across the California coast. When I was little, she had a bumper sticker that said, I break for butterflies. Like she's, she was really excited to hear about this, but I like, I just couldn't believe they just find it. They just find it and they lay their eggs. And I went through, I think three or four generations of, caterpillars eating the milkweed and then going through chrysalis i i think maybe just three but i ended up i was like i gotta do something to protect them (laughs) because i was like some of them started disappearing and i didn't know why yeah um i later found out it was because of wasps (gasps) they just come and they they cut them up and they feed them no. to their children. Yes. Very terrifying. Very evil. It turned me against wasps. Yeah. <laughs> they I mean, are my wasps, enemies. They're always the bad guys they in are. the films, aren't they? <laughs> there is a reason for it. There is a reason for it. I mean, I guess they exist to make figs. Fine. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That's good enough. But, but also, I don't even like thinking about that. It's kind of gross. Yeah, I don't no. want to think about that either. They're right now they're just the enemy of the butterflies to me. Yeah. But so I bought there's so the, there's a t- lot of different uh, disagreements about how you can responsibly raise butterflies, mm-hmm. monarchs especially because a lot of people try and rear them indoors, which is actually not very good for them because they're not exposed to the elements that they're going to need to know how to withstand when they're, you know, older and so you end up with kind of relatively weak butterflies that come out of that that Mm. can't actually survive and it's not actually helping that much. And then also a lot of people will rear like hundreds of them all together, which is makes it more likely for them to spread disease to each other. And that's also bad because that then gets Mm. passed down to their kids and Mm. those end up sort of displacing healthy butterflies in the wild. So there are some people who say you shouldn't rear them at all. You should just let nature take its course. Um, but they all there are also people who say, like, look, if you're only doing like 10, mm-hmm. it's fine. Like no more than 10 should be re- reared in captivity. And if you're going to do it, you should do it outside. So what I got is this like it's basically a hamper. Okay. <laughs> it's basically like a mesh hamper that I kept outside that I just put a potted milkweed plant in. And I put the caterpillars in there so it protects it from um, outside pests and predators, but it's still basically outdoors. Like they're exposed to the wind and the rain and everything like that. Um, And you just sit there and you kind of watch them eat and eat and eat and get (laughs) fatter and fatter and fatter. And as it goes, they like they shed their entire skin, including their head like five times before they go into into, uh, chrysalis. Yeah, it's really intense. Um, 
and because <laughs> they're growing so fast, yeah, they have to basically like wiggle out of their entire body. Does it leave behind like a like a cicada shell almost? Like, is it? It leaves behind like a little bit of just like a tiny bit of debris. I, I don't know if I ever actually found a full like skin left behind until they go into the chrysalis, and then they you can really see like because they basically like. When they're getting ready to go into the chrysalis. So I had to learn about all yeah. of this while I was watching this yeah, happen. Yeah, this is I was so like, interesting. It's like I'm in second grade again. Yeah. And I was also like, why do we yeah. teach this to second graders? Adults need this more than kids. Yeah. Adults need to be enchanted by nature yeah. more yeah. than kids do. For kids, they don't understand how anything works. Like no. everything is magic to them. Everything yeah. is new to them. Let them be enchanted by the mundane. <laughs> we need this weirdness as adults because we don't have magic anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like... Uh, <laughs> I'm clicking in agreement. Like, I really feel that. <laughs> so watching it is just like, it's such a reminder of how weird nature is. So yeah. they eat a ton. Eric Carl is not lying. They eat so, so much. <laughs> um, and then when they're ready to go into chrysalis, they find a spot that's like kind of above ground. Like, they can't do it on the ground. They have to hang from a branch or something. Mm -hmm. The good thing about the enclosures is like, they go up to the ceiling of them and they hang from there. Cool. And they hang in a J shape for like overnight getting ready. And that's how you know to like be on the lookout for them going into the chrysalis. And then in the morning, usually they will start pupating, which is when so they're striped. Usually they're like black, white and yellow striped and they hang in the J shape and you can see them kind of start to turn a little green underneath when it happens. And then once they start pupating, they basically unzip their stripes, oh. starting at the top of their head and going down their back to their tail. The, there's a split in their stripes <laughs> on their skin, and it just, they wiggle out of their skin. They basically wiggle out of their stripes. It's so freaky. Yeah. And they kind of like writhe around for a while, and underneath is green, and the stripes end up getting bunched up at the top and then they sometimes fall off in like a little crumple of just black stripes. Wow. And then it's just like a little papery ball. And then they sort of do this weird pulsing thing. Now they're basically green and then they pulse until they form that chrysalis that you've probably seen photos of that's got like a little crown at the top and it's green. And they're in that for two weeks. And while they're in there, Wait, no, I'm sorry. I need to, I'm just like my mind I know I'm going really is fast. imploding <laughs> right now. Like, I don't understand. Like, how it's, does, so what is the chrysalis made of? So the chrysalis is made of them. They're not building something. That's actually the difference between a chrysalis and a cocoon. A cocoon ah. is something that a caterpillar spins around itself before it turns into a moth. Gotcha. It's also the difference between moths and butterflies, I think, is moths come out of cocoons and butterflies come out of chrysalises. Really? So the chrysalis is made of what's already inside the caterpillar's skin. Right. And it kind of hardens a little bit, and then inside of the chrysalis, the entire body liquefies and reforms into a completely new animal. Wait, wait, wait. I know. Wait. <laughs> I feel like they didn't explain this to me in year two. Like, I feel like exactly. no one said to me. This like, is what I'm saying. This is for adults only. This is too weird for a kid to understand. 
For a kid, it's basically the equivalent of, like, Bugs Bunny reaches behind his back and pulls out a hammer. Yes. That's what, like, oh, but it goes yeah, into the thing in and it comes whoa. out as a butterfly. That's how they think logic so, works. Is like, okay. it goes out of my sight and then it's different <laughs> and I don't have to think about how it happened. But for adults, we're like, wait, 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 wait. The body liquefies? Yeah, like, yeah I literally don't know what you're saying to me right now. <laughs> so, the butterfly... So the chrysalis is formed from the the insides of the caterpillar. Insides of the caterpillar. It's basically which like hardens, which kind of yeah, then, hardens a little bit on the outside, and it's got gold on it. And I'm like, how does it have gold? It's like that little <laughs> flecks of gold on it. It's the most beautiful thing I've and people honestly actually ever seen like in my to life. tell me that magic doesn't exist. <laughs> and I'm literally like, if you can say to me that like a caterpillar can become a golden crusted shell, liquefy and become a butterfly, <laughs> then mermaids can be real. Like, I, okay. So, so it liquefies inside. So it liquefies inside and then it forms into the butterfly. So it and just goes, so it's like caterpillar goo butterfly. Yes. And... Does everybody know this? Does everybody know about Dude, this? I didn't know this until I was like taking care of them. Like, and I might be getting some of it a little bit wrong. <laughs> Let's be real. I haven't looked it up in a while. But, and my brain can't, just can't, I can't wrap my head around it. So I'm like, probably like paraphrasing it in a weird way. I hope you but get some even, very even intricate this. mail about this. <laughs> like, no, but detailed. even this is like, I genuinely thought that like, <laughs> it was it, like, first of all, the Christmas of the cocoon thing. I had no idea. I just thought they formed, you know, it was like, like spinning a web almost around uh-huh. them. And then I thought they just grew the wings. <laughs> right. On top of, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like their little bodies and they just grew the wings. So they just went like that, ah, you know. Yeah. I'm doing I a mean, little. This is my thing about gardening in general because like. Wow. I learned this with the butterflies, but I also learned this just watching plants grow. It's like it works a lot different than you think. A lot yeah. of stuff, like the way seeds are formed, like the fact that like when you grow a pea, the pod comes out of the flower. Yeah. Like that's weird and I wouldn't have expected that. Like all of this stuff about how the world works, you can kind of learn by tuning into all of these little biological processes happening all around us. And what's so fascinating, too, is like so much of dealing with these bugs was like just waiting. Yeah. I would just go out there five times a day and they'd be doing exactly what they were doing before, <laughs> which is just like eating and sitting there. And yeah. I would still be like, I've got to go check on my caterpillars. <laughs> you know? um, but then when they're getting ready to pupate, that happens in five minutes. <gasps> no way. The like the zipping out of their skin and turning into the chrysalis. I have a video that I can send you that I yes. posted on my Instagram that's like, it is a time lapse of wow. and it's it's five minutes five basically minutes. from when it starts to when it's like almost completely done turning into the chrysalis. But then it's in the chrysalis wow. for two weeks and you're waiting yeah. for it to turn into a butterfly. And the night before they're ready to come out, you can tell because the chrysalis starts to turn transparent <gasps> and you can see the wings underneath, <gasps> which is so weird, wow. um, but so beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's every stage of it. It's like it's both disgusting and the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Yeah. In my life. Yeah. And I got to see it happen basically like I, I, I never quite caught it when they were like breaking out of the chrysalis right away. But I got to see like. They had just come out. Oh. It's so weird when they come out, too, because the wings are crumpled up 
and the and the body is really th- like thick, oh. like with two C's. Like the, <laughs> it's just the, the thorax or the abdomen or whatever. Like it's basically like a big, thick body that's full of liquid. And then the butterfly has to dangle. That's why they build their chrysalises up high because they have to dangle downward when they first come out and they just pump the liquid into the wings to straighten them out. And it oh. takes like an hour. Um, for them to like fill the wings up with liquid to stiffen them and to strengthen them. And they basically just hang there dangling and practicing like flapping their wings a little bit until they're oh ready to go. And that's kind of the only time when you can really like handle them. Like you shouldn't handle them too much, but they are really like they can't fly yet. So you can like they'll walk onto your finger and Whoa. just sort of dangle there or like flap their wings a little bit and get ready to go. And then once they've like flapped enough and gotten ready, they just fly away and that's it. Wow. And it's just the most beautiful thing in the world. Um, and I, so I, I got the enclosure and I saw like, I, I had like three or four that I, I saw go all the way from like caterpillar to, um, to butterfly and other ones like they died for various reasons like the way that nature kind of works is like every butterfly lays like a hundred eggs and we expect like three of them to make it to butterfly wow so i wasn't like doing anything wrong it's just like it's just what happens right they just don't all make it yeah and um after i did that i found out like oh you're not supposed to raise them in captivity it's bad and then I like got rid of my like I like put my enclosure away yeah and then I got more eggs and I was like okay I'm not gonna enclose these ones at all and I had like 20 different I had 20 caterpillars going on my plants on my porch and I was like checking on them every day and then one day I went out there and I was like all of them are gone because of wasps (gasps) I saw wasps going from leaf to leaf (gasps) just hunting them and I was like I have one left I don't care. I'm going yeah. full Finding Nemo. I'm getting the enclosure yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I cannot lose all of them no. right now. <laughs> um, so it's like, it's a happy, you have to have like a happy medium of like, you cannot interfere with nature too much. Yeah. Like, but you also can assist a bit as yeah. long as you aren't like exposing them to uh, disease as long as you keep the enclosure really clean like as long as you do it in moderation it is a really wonderful thing to do and I also encourage everyone in LA to plant native milkweed yeah. and get rid of any tropical milkweed you have because they'll just show up oh. and it's so exciting um how much milkweed do you need to do this like how big is the the plant <laughs> I mean they eat so much yeah my mm. plants were kind of small they were about like eight inches when okay. it was like when they were like adult caterpillars and they would eat the whole thing and i would wow. have to put in a new one and so you need a few plants or you need a few really big plants um and so i'm planting a bunch right now yeah. like i'm preparing for because it's going to be i think in the next couple months they're going to start laying their eggs i think it happens around like May or June. Okay. Um, and where do, where do they lay their eggs? So they lay their eggs on the undersides of the leaves. Wow. And the okay. eggs themselves are really, like, kind of beautiful. Like, everything is beautiful. <laughs> They're, like, <laughs> these sort of domes with these ridges, these, like, sort of white iridescent domes that have, like, 
ridges all around them. You can identify them by like the shape. And then they come out and they're just the tiniest little thing. Um, And they the first thing they eat is their egg. And then they just start eating. And they're really hard to spot sometimes. You have to really kind of like check. The first time I noticed them, I didn't notice the eggs because I didn't know. Well, first of all, I didn't think they would show up that fast because the plants weren't big enough. But then uh, I also didn't know what to look for. But once I went through the first batch of them, um, I started like looking up what the eggs looked like. And there were three rounds of eggs that were laid on my on my plants. And so... It was very exciting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I also, and you were so diplomatic about like, you know, breeding them in captivity and like trying to, you know, not fighting nature too much. But also part of me is like, I see what you mean. It's a war on wasps. It begins today. <laughs> <laughs> they are the true enemy. Yeah. Honestly. We shouldn't interfere too much. That is exactly what I, it starts yeah. today. That's exactly I mean, where my brain went. I kind of feel like it sort of feels to me like being a sports fan <laughs> because there's no real reason to root for the butterflies over the wasps aside from I just decided that I'm team butterfly. Also though, you know what I mean? Wasps uh, can sting me and hurt me and butterflies are sweet little beautiful angels. <laughs> yes, <So>. yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then, I mean, I, we didn't even get into their whole, like, migration stuff, oh which God. is so fascinating. Like, they fly, like, for nine months. Like, what? And they they basically come out and they're like, oh, I know where I'm supposed to go. That's and crazy. then they just go and then they they lay successive generations of butterflies, like, along the route, I think. Like, it's very... It's very weird. Like there's I I didn't look into that too much because I don't need to know that in order to like do what I need to do to make sure that I'm like contributing to there being an environment for them to procreate where I live. Yeah. um, You know, we're kind of like a stop on the highway. I basically I'm like I'm sort of like a roadside diner for them (laughs) as they like go on this long journey. Yes. (laughs) Exactly. Like this image. A red roof inn. (laughs) Yeah. Like just this image of all these butterflies being like, Mm -hmm. oh, did you hear about Emily's? Yeah. Somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. 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 On the L.A. route. Yeah. Just take the left here. Stop where you see the little dog and (laughs) you'll get looked after. I'll tell her you're coming. <laughs> exactly. That's what. That's all I want. And I'm growing a bunch more. Like I have a bunch on my porch that I'm like, I'm kind of torn between like planting all of it for myself and then trying to get my neighbors to plant some because I really do yeah. want to have enough that I can be like anyone who wants to plant milkweed, please. Like let's make this their hangout. Yeah. You know. Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's never been a day where I see, especially a monarch, because occasionally you'll see them, and it's like. It stops you in your tracks. You're like, oh my god! Like you're real, yeah. and you're just flying you're past real? me. Like, and you're beautiful. You're beautiful. <laughs> They're big. Like, because I also, you know, I mean, monarchs are like well named because they are like striking. Like, yes. I'm literally just looking them up because I oh, those are monarchs. <laughs> the butterfly. Yes. Wow. You know what I mean? Like that, that's that's the butterfly. The quintessential butterfly. It's like the quintessential butterfly. <laughs> yeah, it's the platonic ideal of butterflies. Yes. I know? don't know why they have that status to us. No, but because but... it's not like we didn't I think that they're and I might be making this up. I don't think they're named like monarch butterfly because they're like king of the butterflies. Right. I think there was just like a king whose favorite color was orange, and that's why we call them monarch <laughs> butterflies, because they're orange, but like there are cooler butterflies, I think, objectively. Yes. I think there are objectively butterflies that are more interesting looking than them. Mm-hmm. 
but there's something about them that is just like weirdly special and yeah. just captures our imagination. Yeah. And I, I think wonder. also the fact that they are kind of endangered and they play an important role in like pollination and there are certain yeah. plants that need them and I, I Do you think maybe it was William of Orange that was the king? I think then... maybe that was it. Ooh, Again, that sounds after. right, but I have Doesn't no it? idea. <laughs> William of Orange. Yeah. It yeah. sounds right. Yeah. He's so adored by some early European settlers. That oh, is that they right? be- yeah, they bequeath the name Monarch to our very orange and regal butterfly in his honor. From oh, the Prince William right. of Orange. Well, there you go. Wow. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You That's can also so cool. um you can sex them like when they're in their cocoon or in their chrysalis. Oh, really? Like you can tell if it's male or female based on like the pattern of of couple dots uh, near the top of the chrysalis. Wow. So, but you can't tell before that. <sighs> so cool. Yeah, and you can tell once they come out based on like their wing patterns as well. So, I I I resisted naming them, but <laughs> Yeah. Um <laughs> It's so rewarding. Yeah. It's so rewarding. It's so cool. Um, And I just like I just started getting really excited about this year again because the way the milkweed plant works is like you think it has died Mm -hmm. at a certain point in the fall and the winter because it loses all of its leaves. It turns into a stick. It goes dormant. You think it's dead. But then it comes back like it gets new green leaves. They come out of nowhere and. I'm like, I'm watching my my plants from last year that fed these caterpillars, like, come back. And they're planted in the ground now because my garden is done. I'm like, I can be out there again and they can coexist with all of my other plants and my vegetables and stuff. Like, it's going to be very exciting. I'm I'm just starting to get, like, really hyped for it. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I'm so jealous of, like, people with gardens. Like, I cannot think of anything that I want more (laughs) to have, like, a little garden to, like, potter around in and grow things and stuff like that's so cool it's one of those things where it's such a small thing that you can do that like improves the world in a really small way that i i became such a zealot about it that i would be walking around my neighborhood and i would just i started seeing tropical milkweed everywhere and just losing my (laughs) mind and one day i was like in front of this woman's house and she had a bunch of tropical milkweed in the parkway and there were caterpillars on it eating it and I was like, she came out of her house and I was like, this is the wrong kind of milkweed. <laughs> she was like, what are you talking about? And I was like, you have monarch caterpillars here and that's really exciting, but you should probably take get rid of this milkweed as soon as they're gone because it's the wrong kind and you can plant some... Na-. And she was like, this is a rental. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was like, I'm sorry. So sorry, I'm but... Like, I, I don't have any control I, here. I am the new neighborhood menace. This is like... Everyone's like, oh, it's the milkweed woman again. Yes. <laughs> Walking her dog with the bag on his head, telling me I've got the wrong flowers. <laughs> um, okay, before we have you go, we have to ask this question to every guest. Um, which is, if you were an animal, what animal would you be? Ooh, like, okay, do you mean, like, if I got to choose or, like, if if it was sort of like a sorting hat situation where they're like, we know what you are? <laughs> um, I think either. Whatever's more fun to you. <laughs> Truly, because I think however you interpret that question is also interesting. 
I mean, I'm like a dolphin girl. I really wanted to be a dolphin, you know, like that's sort of my that was like the animal I would draw when I was a kid. And they yeah, just yeah, seem yeah. like they're having a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I also think I give kind of bird vibes. So mm-hmm. sure. there's probably a good chance that I'd be some kind of bird. Yeah. You know, I'd probably mm. be like, oh, cool, I'm going to be a dolphin. And then I'd be like, oh, man, I'm a bird. Dang it. <laughs> I'll fly around. I don't know what kind, though. Yeah. Maybe some kind of seabird, if like that's the. I, it's not like I love the ocean, you know what I mean? I know, like yeah. I think the thing is like a dolphin's used to it, so I'm like, <laughs> okay, that makes sense. But if you're a bird and you have a choice, I think I don't think I would choose like the ocean. I think I'd probably be one that just sort of like eats bugs and nuts, you know, <laughs> like a standard um, bird. Got you, got you. Just like a yeah, very standard bird. I'd probably end up being like a crow or something that's that cool just bird. feels like the kind of post-industrial bird that <laughs> it just seems most likely. They they've taken over my neighborhood, and I'm just like, you know, they're very small. Yeah, they're very, they're smart. very smart. I identify with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they're not. They're kind of like scavengers, and like you know, doesn't really feel like they're contributing that much, but they're around. Yeah, absolutely. I love. Yeah. <laughs> also, the way you said I'm a dolphin girl almost felt like if it's not immediately obvious, I'm a dolphin girl. You probably already knew that. <laughs> well, you know, I know you guys had my co-host Lisa mm-hmm. on and she was a horse girl Absolutely. growing up. And we've talked about how, like, there's a few different animals that, yeah. like, yeah. girls tend to, like, yeah. get overly attached to. And yeah. that I, dolphin I do, is one of them. It is. I do. I do think, though, that, like, I don't know, maybe I'm just speaking from personal experience and my friend's experience, but I do think there's like a a version of life where a a horse girl evolves into a dolphin girl at some point. <laughs> like, I, I definitely went through a phase of being a horse girl who then was like, a, like I would a be dolphin, a horse girl... Yeah. I'd be a horse girl at home and then a dolphin girl on holiday. Mm. Like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? It's like you, you take sense. a horse girl and then yeah, you she take a horse a girl. In common. They do. It's sort of a similar, it's the prancing. Yeah. You it know, is. it's like it's, it's the, prancing. the prancing of the sea. Yeah. It is. It's, it's weird like you, that it's not like seahorses. Right. The thing. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, though. <laughs> yeah, you're a horse no, girl, horse girl in the, uh, horse girl in the sheets, dolphin girl in the streets. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Like you're a, a, a horse girl at home, yeah. And then on holiday, it on the and I'm on the beach. I'd be like, I know I'm a dolphin girl. I'm imagining being a mermaid riding a dolphin instead of riding. Yes, you know, yeah. it's like the princess riding the horse, the the mermaid riding the dolphin. Like this is so gendered. I'm aware, but like, do you know what I mean? Do you see what I'm trying to get at? There's like look, a, if there were little boys at my school who were into dolphins, I would have gladly talk to them about oh, it for hours yeah, absolutely <laughs> it's that they didn't have the right lisa frank binder to inspire them like that's the thing is like i'm sure that there were some latent dolphin boys who were just not given the space yeah. to explore 100%. that part of their identity 100%. because we really did restrict but you know there were a lot of really specific marine artists yeah. who like came to prominence in the 90s yes. when i was like growing up i feel like there was this one other painter who would do like a lot of paintings of like dolphins and sea life with beams of light coming oh, we through had one of those and that home. was a man you uh, know like, like uh, richard something i think is it yeah it was like something <sighs> green or yeah. richard yeah why well, i should know this we it's had like, one though you're right wait oh robert wyland i think is it 
Oh yeah, baby. That that's it. Yeah. Is that Forever I need, yeah. okay. <gasps> oh wow. This is just <laughs> really hitting me in a very visceral right? sort of way. Yeah. Oh yeah. I feel like he maybe had like a painting that was like orca whales swimming through outer space too. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, I think this is also the height of the like save the whales like sloganeering where it just really felt like loving dolphins also meant you were saving the world. Yeah, absolutely. You oh, know, it was just like the ultimate conflation of like savior complex and also just loving an animal as a child. Yeah. There was just something. It was the perfect alchemy. I mean, I lived in like. <laughs> The desert. I grew up in Arizona and I was like, I'm going to be a marine biologist. And it was like, I had never been to the ocean. I, like, <laughs> oh. But I was, it really was like the 90s did a thing where it was just like marine biology is the future. Marine biology is the That's thing. so interesting. Alexa, so like, when did you first go to the ocean? I went to the ocean when I was like eight. I went to California. Really? Mm-hmm. So you'd never seen the, the sea before you were eight? I know that's obviously very common. For, I'm, yeah, no, no. Uh, London, is, London is not far from the sea, so like it. <laughs> yeah, it's right yeah. there. Wow. Yeah. Though I'm sure there are lots of kids from London that have never been to the sea, but like, wow. I, what was that like? Oh my God. It was, it was I was obsessed. Like I, yeah, of course. So, I was wearing jeans. We were just going to like go look at it. It was, we went to Disneyland and we got to see the ocean. So it was like the peak child oh, vacation. Yeah. Oh, Those are like yeah. the two main things that it felt like were propagandized yes. to you the most yes. as a child. Uh, and both Definitely. honestly, I was like, these hold up. But I ran, I got so excited to be at the ocean. My parents were like, we'll go swimming a different day, but like we can go look at it. And I didn't listen. And I, which is rare for me. I was a really good kid, but I ran in and I was wearing jeans um, and oh, immediately got out and I was oh, like, God. Oh no, I'm so itchy. Like my little oh. Arizona skin couldn't take the salt water and they had to buy me like new pants because it was like oh. they were ruined. Because <laughs> so, you oh, were just yeah. so excited about the sea. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's oh, very no. sweet. So it's gorgeous though. It, yeah. There's nothing also I think when you haven't seen it before, there's nothing like it to compare it to. No. Like I've been to the the creek. That's not not even close. Yeah. Yeah. Not not really comparable. Yeah. But I will yeah. also say, I do think the ocean's a little overrated. Yeah. I think it smells pretty bad smell and bad. the sand gets everywhere and it's just not as pleasant of a day as people act like it is. It's like there's too much sun out there and it's <laughs> oh. just like it's yucky. It just ruins your car for like a week. It's just like That's, it's not worth this it. This is such an LA person thing to say. Like, <laughs> yeah. I have the beach on my doorstep. It's kind of annoying. Like, listen, live in London for a bit, then you you will change your mind. <laughs> I think also like I almost never go to the beach here, but then uh, my partner has family in San Diego and we'll go there. No problem because it's so much easier to get to. And like the experience yeah, sure. is easier. Whereas here it's like, it's a whole thing. Like it's a whole day. It's really exhausting here. Yeah. Like you can't just go I'm, and walk around on the beach and go home. It takes hours. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Unless you live. I remember when my, my sister first saw the sea. Um, and I remember she cried and said it was too big. <laughs> Agreed. It's too big. And she called no it the big, about this. she was yeah. like the big swimming the sea is pool. Too big. See, that's wait. what she called it. She said, I don't like the swimming pool. It's too big. <laughs> it's really big. Like, that's the sea. It's like, don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> Emily, where are you from originally? I'm from the Bay Area. So okay. I also grew up like with a beach. And yeah. 
you know, it wasn't like a warm beach, mm-hmm. but it was like a beach nonetheless. And 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 my only real memories of it are like being terrified of seagulls and them trying to eat my McDonald's. <laughs> yeah. And like, yeah, that's it. I'm like, yeah. I hate this. Let's go back home. <laughs> These are my French fries. Yes, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And then they, they chased me. I start, I got up, I started running, and they chased me, and then I threw my French fries in the air, and then no. they just pounced on it. And then five seconds later, they all flew away, and the box was empty. Yeah. I mean, I think we're yeah, really getting well. to the, the heart of your ocean troubles here, too. Well, like, I mean, I think off. so. It was really hard to reconcile that with my, like, <laughs> yeah. dolphin girl. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I'm a dolphin girl. I have to love this. Yeah. <laughs> Seagulls are, like, proper also in fact really oh, yes. are horrible. like yeah. i remember my mom and sister went to the beach um maybe like last year or the year before and they were on the phone to me having fish and chips on the beach and i could just hear them getting like increasingly <laughs> flustered as they were attacked by seagulls and they're like okay and we were just and then literally like that in the background until they were like ella we have to call you back we're being we're being flocked we're being flogged and like, i can just hear my mom shrieking in the background like we're running to the car we're running to the car oh my gosh yeah tell yeah. me you're a city so, girl so in charge in a yeah. way it's so upsetting you realize how like fragile humans are also we're like oh god <laughs> there's all these birds yeah like, <laughs> um yeah. happy max fun drive Emily, Happy thank Max you fun drive. so much for being yeah. our guest. This was so fun. Oh, my gosh. Thank you for having me. I just want to say also, yeah. like, Baby Genius is one of our, um, our like, sticker this year for yeah. Max Fun Drive is uh, a Grow Native Milkweed sticker with a... <laughs> with oh, a oh, my God. I love it. it. So just yes. throwing that out there. <laughs> great. Uh, thank you so much again. Oh, my gosh. Thanks for having me. It was great talking to you about this thing I am uh, such a weirdo about. <laughs> <laughs> I need to figure out getting milkweed uh, on my tiny porch mm. to start. Um, that's going to be huge. I got to do it, right? Like I have to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think I might get a monarch butterfly tattoo. <gasps> I know, right? It's tempting. It's really tempting. Yeah. Do you have any? I'm really, really tempted. Do you have color tattoos? I have like a bit of red okay. in one. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm quite a fan of just like a line. Yeah, same. Yeah, I don't have any color ones, so. Yeah, like I like a monochrome yeah. vibe. My pomegranate has red in it. Oh, that's, that's cool. it. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I might have to do that now. Yeah. You know? They're so cool. I just. If we get to 150 <laughs> members, <laughs> I will get a lot of butterfly tattoos. Honestly, I would. Yeah, I absolutely would. <laughs> so <laughs> aside from our 150 people for this Maximum Fun Drive, um, we'll do something with you. But also Ella and I might get <laughs> matching tattoos. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we should. We should so. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really good idea. Um, is that, yeah, is that 150 members? Maybe we should say more. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to see me and Alexis get like, matching we'll say- tattoos and we'll get them on a live stream. No, this is it. This is good. Now I like Should this. we get tattooed? Yeah, we'll, we'll get this. tattooed on a live stream. Yeah. For, I think we'll, we'll up it. That'll be 200. 200 members. Alexis and I get <laughs> matching tattoos on a live stream. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> um, and again, thank you so much for everyone who's already joined. Um, or boosted. Um, another thing I want to remind people about is you can also uh, buy someone else a membership. And I think that's a really sweet thing to do if you know someone that also loves Maximum Fun and maybe isn't in the place yeah. to do it, join themselves. Um, 
I want you guys to get the stickers. They're really awesome. I'm really excited about our goals. Uh, and also, like, uh, thank you for supporting artists that you like. That's really, really cool. It means a lot. Um, and if this show has ever, you know, brightened your day on a bad day or made a good day better, uh, this is a really nice way to thank us in return. And I hope it has. Even you don't have to, but it's just a really direct way to say thank you back. And we care about you guys and we want to keep making the best show possible. Um, yeah. Anything else? No, I, I think that that about sums it up. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for all of your support. And we hope you've enjoyed Max Fun Drive and all of the cool stuff that's been happening here and online and across the other shows. Mm-hmm. You know, the the thing I have really loved is just like this network and how all the other shows really like support each other and yeah. shout each other out and getting to like guest on other people's shows has been so much fun and having them on our shows and all of that good stuff. It's just been like a really wonderful couple of couple of weeks. Yeah. So I hope you lot have enjoyed it as much as as much as we have. It really is a community. Like it really is yeah. just kind of pitching a little bit to join to this community that is really supportive and wonderful. Everyone is the sweetest. Um, so yeah, again, go check out uh, maximumfun.org slash join and get us some tattoos, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, yeah, thank you again. And we'll see you, see you next week. I've been Alexis B. Preston. I've been Ella McLeod. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.